scripture this morning comes from Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. As you're able, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Titus 3, verses 1 through 11. Paul writes, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid, avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn of the vice of Christian once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-deceived. This is the word of God for the people of God. a big week. It's a big week. Um, it's actually a huge week. There's going to be crowds and crowds of people. There's going to be some that are, that are cheering and yelling, some that are booing and upset. It's going to be an important week for Christians. No doubt. It's going to be a long week. You might think that it all takes place on one day, but going to take several days, several days. That's right. This week, locations have six jump ball games going on in town. That's right. Yep. Yep. We got two on Monday, two on Tuesday, and two on Thursday. It's the second week in all of rec ball games happening, and uh, we're already worn out. Um, You know, especially with three of them, all three of them. Uh, playing. So, yep, this week is a big week. You probably thought I was talking about something else, right? Maybe? Oh, yeah, that's right. This Tuesday is election day. Oh, yeah, of course. And there's going to be crowds and crowds of people, right? Yep, yep, that's right. going to be some people who are upset, some people uh, cheering. That's right. And it may be longer than just one day. We may not know the winner of this election till the end of the week or next or soon. I don't know. So this week is a huge week other than location rec ball schedule, I suppose. And I thought, I guess, with our rec ball schedule and election day happening this week, 
we might need to get our minds and our hearts filled. We might need to get prepared for a week like this. Because here's what I see. I see a church full of all different kinds of people. I see a church made up of people who vote Republican and those who vote Democrat. And with only those two options, we are bound to come at odds with each other. We're likely to disagree on some big and some small issues, but in the end, once all the dust is settled, we have to come back together. Before, during, and after, we still have to be the church, the body of Christ, the hands and feet in Jesus. And that means that we have to act like it before, during, and after the election. So I wanted to share with you this morning some advice from the founder of Methodism, John Wesley. Uh, if, you, if you don't know, he spent most of his time in England. He was born and raised in England. That's, you know, so he, would, he, he visited the American colonies, and specifically uh, in Georgia, did, did some ministry in uh, the American colonies, but most of his time was in England. And while in England, um, as the English were having an election of their own, Wesley wrote this in his journal. It's dated October 6, 1774. He writes, I met those of our society who had votes in the ensuing election and advised them, one, to vote without fee or reward to the person they judged most worthy. Two, to speak no evil of the person they voted against. And three, to take care their spirits were not sharpened against those they voted as an outsider. Some of you uh, may be familiar with this this journal entry. Uh, some of you probably are not. But again, this is written in the, the 18th century. And during this time, not everyone in England had the right to vote. And it would be fair to say that most people did not have the right to vote. It was reserved mostly for wealthy landowners. And often, these landowners would be persuaded to vote a certain way by certain means. Of course, today, almost everyone in our country has the right to vote once they turn 18, and most people that I am aware of aren't bribed to vote one way or the other, I don't think. But despite these differences today, I can't help but notice how Wesley's advice in 1774, over 200 years ago, is very much applicable and needed today. And really, this is the advice this is advice that we can apply to almost anything where we disagree or have a difference of opinion. Because here's the thing. We don't know how to disagree. We don't know how to debate anymore. I mean, all you got to do is look at the presidential debate for that example. But we see it on social media or we just see it in our own personal interactions and communications with people around us. Everyone, every subject, every issue is so emotionally charged that we don't know how to defend our side of the argument without eventually personally attacking the other person. We've got to learn to disagree without being disagreeable. We have to learn to defend and stand up for what we believe without personally attacking the other person. 
think use what wisdom's advice for voting. Use where it comes into play. It's first rule is this. To vote without fee or reward is a basic skill that most Christians possess. Again, during Wesley's time, there were very few people who had the right to vote. And so meeting with these people who did have the right to vote, his first bit of advice was to make sure they voted for the candidate that they deemed most worthy and to cast that vote without fee or reward promise, meaning they weren't supposed to take a bribe for that vote. Again, I don't see this happening too much today, but but they were to vote for the candidate they deemed most worthy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this first bit of advice because because looking at the data, more than half of Campbell County has already voted for a preacher. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so there's a great likelihood you right now have already voted. You've already deemed who is worthy in your eyes. And so you've already made that judgment. And so um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But here's the things that I do want us to remember. You won't ever clearly endorse a particular candidate for office. Personally, I don't believe that's my job. Again, there are people in um, our church, in our church, all churches, who vote differently. Believe it or not, people sitting right next to you don't vote the same way that you do. In the end, I'm called to lead and to serve them all, and I don't think that I can honestly do that if I endorse, endorse this or that candidate. You may want me to endorse this particular candidate or that particular candidate, but I don't believe that is the best way for me to minister to the whole church or even minister to those outside of Campbell County. Besides, there are tons of resources, articles, blogs, and numerous Christian leaders who have outlined which candidate, at least for president, is the most worthy. And that's something for each of us to decide for ourselves. You also won't hear me saying that voting this way or that way is a sin. I don't believe that for a minute. I think voting is important, a fundamental right of being a citizen of this country. You should vote. I hope you will have or will vote this season since you're registered to vote. But when we go to the ballot box, we are making the best choice that we can make on the options that are given before us and on the information that we have deemed most important. After that, it's up to other votes and other voters, and ultimately it's up to the choices that the candidate who gets elected makes or doesn't make. So the first bit of advice is this, to vote without fee or reward for the person you judge most worthy. Then Wesley offers two more points that I want to treat uh, together. He says, two, to speak no evil of the person you voted against and to take care your spirits are not sharpened against those that voted on the other side. For me, this is all about treating people as human beings. Treating people the way you would want to be treated. When it's all said and done, we still have to live with each other, right? Once the election's over, whoever wins, we still got to live with each other. Why would I allow a vote for a person that I'm never going to see, particularly in the presidential election or federal election, why would I allow a vote for a person that I'm never going to see change or disrupt the relationships I have with people I'm going to see every day? Why would I do that? It makes no sense. And here's where I want to say this. A lot of people want to claim that our vote has a kingdom impact. Our vote matters, not just in our country, here on this earth, but it matters for the kingdom. I, I hear that, and, and you may absolutely be right. 
So here's what I also learned. How we handle our boats, how we talk about the other person, and how we talk about and treat those who voted differently than we do, these things will have a greater kingdom impact than who you voted for. You hear me? How we handle our boats, how we treat other people, how we treat those who voted against us will have a greater impact than the vote we cast. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. People are watching us. People who don't know Christ are watching us and how we treat each other. And if we can't disagree without being disagreeable, then I guarantee you, people will be turned off from Jesus because of us. On the other hand, if we could disagree and still be a peaceful, still love each other, then I can guarantee you that people will be attracted to Jesus because of us. It matters how it matters how we treat each other, especially those who we disagree with. Again, a lot of this is about human decency, how we want to treat each other. And a lot of Wesley's advice is a reminder that we are first citizens of not of America or England in the case of Wesley, but we are first citizens of heaven. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. As we look at our passage in Titus, we realize that it looks kind of familiar compared to Wesley's advice. It begins, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. Paul, who is writing to Titus, a leader in the church, is instructing Titus to remind Christ followers to be ready to do whatever is good. Part of doing good is not slandering one another. Part of doing good and, and of being a follower of Christ is to be peaceable and considerate, and they're, and they're to always be gentle towards one another. Isn't that a great reminder for us on this election day week? No good comes from slandering someone else. We're called to be gentle with each other, especially in our disagreements. We're to be considerate. Again, maybe Wesley was drawing from this passage when he gave this advice. But Paul's instructing Titus to remind the people how to act. And because, because there was a time... When this was not our natural inclination, and I would argue it's still not our natural inclination, but, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can act differently. Paul writes, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Paul wanted Titus to remind the church that because of Christ, we are called to act differently. We're to treat people differently. We're to disagree with people differently. There was a time when we were foolish. There was a time when we lived in malice and envy and hating each other, being hated. But through Christ, through faith in Christ, through faith in what Christ did on the cross, we are a new people. We are different, and we are to act differently. Again, who and what we cast our votes for is not the thing that I am most concerned about. What I am more concerned about 
is how we treat one another once we cross that line. Trust me, when I look at our world and I look at our community and I look even in our own church, I see people acting like they never knew with malice and envy and even hatred, and it's just, it's hard. The church is supposed to be different. The church is supposed to be different. The body of Christ is supposed to be different. Christ has saved us, and we're supposed to act like it. Christ has made us a new people, and we are supposed to act like it. Paul later writes in our passage, But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable for you. I think if Paul is writing today, we would also add, avoid foolish conspiracy theories and partisan controversies, because they are profitable for you. Two would remind us that yes, when we were foolish and disobedient. There was a time when we didn't know any better. But through Christ, we are a new people, and we are called to do good and to speak good of each other no matter what. I think we need this reminder not only this election week, but every day, all the time. Christ has died for us, and if we have put our faith and trust in Him, we are saved, and that means we cannot act the way we used to. We are different. We are like Christ. And we must act like Him. So here are these words of rescue once again. One, vote with, without fee or reward for the person you judge faithless. Number two, speak no evil of the person you may be the judge. And three, take care this spirit not sharpen the spirit that voted on the wrong side. Remember, I love you. God loves you. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you again with gratitude in our hearts, thanking you for the great mercy that you have shown us. There was once a time when we were foolish, disobedient, filled with malice and envy, hatred towards one another, but through Christ, set free from all that. We are being made new into the likeness of Christ. Father, help us with the power of your Holy Spirit to live like Christ. Bless us during this political season and in every moment in our disagreement, in our agreement, the good, the bad, the ugly, through it all, help us to live like Christ, we pray in the name of Christ we pray.